Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. Former Marine Daniel Penny has now been charged with manslaughter by D.A. Alvin Bragg for the death of an aggressive homeless man, Jordan Neely, on a New York City subway. And joining us now to talk about this case, which is gripping the nation, is former NYPD detective Angel Masonette. Angel, great to have you here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rita. What is your reaction, first off, when you heard the news of the death of Jordan Neely and what happened in this case? Well, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was obviously a tragedy uh, that, that could have been avoided. Uh, it was um, it was definitely unfortunate that he lost his life. You know, um, I certainly don't think he deserved to die. I just think, uh, I do think that there were a lot of contributing factors to this death, right? Um not many people are speaking about the almost billion dollars that uh, uh, Mayor de Blasio and his wife uh, had and misappropriated, I guess, in my air quotes, or uh, basically lost that was uh, allotted for Thrive New York City, which was money that was going to go to help people just like Jordan Neely, right? We're going to help mentally ill individuals, homeless individuals on the subways and in the streets, Etc. Um, maybe if that money was used properly, maybe he could have gotten the, you know, care that he uh, uh, needed, and this may have been avoided. What do you think also of his criminal history? Because obviously there was mental illness. Often they go hand in hand. Yes, um, it's a good point, right? I mean, if we're going to bring up his mental history, we have to. We we can't avoid bringing up his criminal history. I mean, we certainly don't want to disparage someone in, in death, but. Um, it has to be considered, right? He was a violent individual. Uh, he had broke the orbital bone of a, uh, a woman in her late 60s um, on the subway. Uh, there are videos circulating of him having confrontations with passenger, passengers in the past. Um, apparently, he was being violent um, and aggressive that day or threatening to be violent, and he was being aggressive that day. Uh, he had over 40 arrests. Um, those things cannot be uh, overlooked, right? He had many run-ins with the police. Uh, he should not have been on the street. Uh, you know, uh, he was in Rikers Island, I believe, for the assault. Um, and he did a year for a serious assault, uh, for an assault second degree, I believe it was. And uh, he should have been in, you know, in prison to that point. How often does this happen also where there are folks with mental illness, the revolving door, just as you talked about, um, even Mayor Eric Adams has talked about getting some of these folks voluntarily or involuntarily locked up? Well, um, I think I've said it before um, on on your podcast. Uh, a lot of these individuals enjoy being homeless, right? Uh you know, I say enjoy and people sometimes take offense to that, but they do. A lot of them want to be on the street, um, whether they're mentally ill or they're not. 
they they enjoy the freedom, quote unquote, of being homeless and not having any real ties to, you know, uh, normal, quote unquote, life. Um, and oftentimes getting them to involuntary involuntarily go to get treatment is a real arduous task. I mean, it's a real, um, you know, a lot of times they're drug users, right? And they have uh, needles or things of that nature. And, you know, the police are always put in the front line to everything. So now you're going to put the police into, you know, grabbing these these folks and possibly getting pricked with a needle. Uh, You know, there's communicable diseases that, that come along with that. There's all sorts of different variables. Um, at the end of the day, you know, um, uh, if, if people don't want to get treatment and they're not harming themselves or anyone else and they're just in the street, um, you know, it, it's it's a hard, hard thing to just make them go into a hospital to get treatment or, you know, make them get shelter. How, what kind of a role also do families have? Because so many times um, families, I think, don't do enough. I'm sure it's also difficult for families who keep trying with individuals with mental illness. But from your experience, too, how important is families doing the right thing by the individual and also by society? Well, yeah, obviously, uh, definitely the, 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 the involvement or lack of involvement by a lot of families um, is apparent. I mean, I experienced it when I was a police officer. You know, I was a patrol cop for 12 years before I became a detective. And there were lots of times where the family was nowhere to be found unless, you know, something tragic happened or unfortunately, and, and obviously this is not the case every time, there was something that they could profit profit off of. Right. Um, something like this happens right away. You know, the uh, ambulance chasers, so to speak, come out of the woodwork. You know, the Al Sharptons of the world and, and people like that come out of the woodwork and now they want to sue, 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 sue. And all of a sudden the family, you know, jumps out um, from under whatever rock they were hiding. And, you know, not trying to be too offensive, but, you know, they come out from from wherever they were hiding. And now all of a sudden they, they, they pretend or they claim that they were trying to get this individual help or they were trying to you know, um, get them some services um, because it behooves them, right? Because there's, you know, kind of that pot of gold at the end of the uh, rainbow, you know, and and, it, and it's, you know, I don't want to sound like I have no empathy referring to it that way, but, it, you know, a lot of times that's just, the, that's just the facts, you know, a lot of times these people, you know, they, 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 they do, you know, owe it to society and to the person who is going through these changes to get them help, to try to get them committed. And a lot of times they just don't, they don't do it. How tough is it also often um, if you have a family with a member with mental illness? Because there are on the flip side families and and I don't know the full details, of course, in the Neely case. But, you know, we sit and hear about also people who've tried, tried, tried. It's very difficult also, isn't it, when you have someone, a sibling or or a son or daughter with mental illness? Yes, definitely. I mean, I have. I have uh, uh, people who are very close to me. Um, I have a young man who's very, very close to me. Um, I grew up with his dad and, uh, you know, he's suffering some from mental illness and, you know, he lives in the streets, he lives in cars, you know, his father tries to help him. He, you know, he shows signs of improvement and then he goes back into, you know, the streets. Um, it's very difficult, right? It's very difficult. A lot of times they, they stay up at night, you know, they lose sleep because they want to help their child or their sibling or their, you know, their family member. And it's extremely difficult, you know, but, you know, oftentimes when, when this sort of criminality or, or this sort of level of, uh, you know, they, they had supposedly this top 
50 list of people who needed help in the subway. I don't know where that came from or homeless people that, you know, that needed uh, treatment. And supposedly he was within the top 50 uh, of these people. Um, you know, there was a lot of people who, who obviously, you know, dropped the ball on this one, you know. Yeah. Who do you blame? Who do you think dropped the ball, at least on the mental illness part? Well, I would say it's 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 a, a shared responsibility between um, the city. Like I said, you know, again, um, uh, this this almost billion dollars that De Blasio had uh, slotted for Thrive New York City, which was supposed to help people in this sort of predicament that are gone, that the AG or the IG or, or anyone, no one doesn't uh, uh, bother to investigate for some reason. There's no um, you know special investigation into this. This has been over two years now that this money's been gone. Um, and, uh, which, so that, that, that puts some of the culpability on the city. Right. And then, um, you know, unfortunately, and again, you know, you don't want to sort of kick these people when they're down, but you know, uh, it's, it's, it's also, uh, some of the blame has to be shared by the family and, uh, some of the blame, you know, of course has to be, you know, shared by the criminal justice system, you know, uh, if he's in Rikers Island and he's identified as someone who needs, uh, mental help or mental health, you know, program while he's incarcerated or while he's waiting trial or whatever the case may be, um, the city, you know, should have the uh, obligation to get him treated. So um, I think there's enough blame to go around. You know, we're waiting, obviously, on um, autopsy results, um, also toxicology. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think we could learn um, when we get those details um, coming from the autopsy and toxicology of Jordan Neely? Well, I think that it's, you know, as we saw in the George Floyd case, right, uh, there were mitigating circumstances, right? He was high on, you know, he, he was on fentanyl. Um, uh, Neely's own relative, I believe it was his uncle that said he was uh, using drugs uh, and had him, you know, sort of in a, in a manic state. Uh, so I think that, you know, while the autopsy showed that he died of, you know, association or compression, a chokehold, um, I'm sure that, that, you know, and I certainly I'm not a toxicologist, you know, forensic pathologist or anything like that. But uh, I certainly think that, you know, if he had drugs in his system, it would definitely contribute to his death. Um, you know, uh, whether his heart gave out, you know, during the chokehold or whatever happened, um, I'm sure they're going to find something in the system. Unfortunately, again, I don't want to disparage him. You know, he's gone. But, um, you know, the facts are the facts. Right? Um, and we'll see when they come up. You know, um, you talked about um, drugs or things that could potentially. And again, of course, you know, we don't know. But if it turns out, um, as you mentioned, I think there was a relative who said something about K2, the synthetic yes. drug K2, that he had at one time used it and may have still been using it. Um, what are your thoughts? Because that is sort of a, a synthetic that causes people basically to have hallucinations and also is often paired with, I was talking to a doctor actually recently, who was talking about on air on, on one of my shows saying that often like there's marijuana laced with K2. What do you do? You know, what do you know about uh, K2? And also, um, you know, a lot of folks with mental illness, that's a dangerous combination to have somebody who has mental illness, a schizophrenia, and then you throw in a combination of a hallucinogenic hallucinogenic drug, potentially. That's very dangerous combination. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. 
So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to definitely uh, exacerbate the situation, right? I mean, you know, uh, uh, being having that mental illness and then having this, you know, hallucinogenic and then you're now, um, you know, getting violent because of it, right? You, you, you're paranoid. You're, you're, you know, it has a lot of, uh, um, you know, side effects. So, um, yeah, it's going to contribute and exacerbate the situation. And then with that comes the violence, right? The paranoia, the paranoid schizophrenia, things of that nature. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to contribute um, to, to, to all the uh, symptoms or worsen all the symptoms that come with the mental illness. And then, you know, it, it speaks to the fact that he was allegedly, you know, and again, we don't have, there's a lot of things that are out, that are out there that I'm sure, which was the reason why he wasn't uh, charged in the first place. Um, you know, he wasn't, char- Penny wasn't charged in the first place because they were waiting for other videos. They were waiting for witness statements. They're waiting. And then, of course, they bowed to the pressure of the mob um, and they ended up, you know, charging him, charging him instead of waiting to see if there would be an indictment as was originally planned. So there's a lot of, you know, allegations that he was violent and aggressive. And, you know, being on that synthetic definitely, you know, lends itself to that uh, to that, um, you know, point of view or that, you know, those allegations. You know, you sort of said the rush uh, to the mob, if you will. You think about Alvin Bragg. Originally, there were reports that the D.A. was going to send it to a grand jury angel. And then he decided not to. Ultimately, it will go there. But he decided to sort of circumvent it, if you will, or preempt it and decided to go ahead with charges. And some people surmise that if he had sent it to a grand jury, that is a jury of your peers. And maybe many of those people, as most New Yorkers have been at some point, have been on a New York City subway, or they've seen the headlines of what happens on a New York City subway. They've seen it, they've lived it, um, and can sort of put themselves in there. And that may not have worked the way maybe Alvin Bragg wanted to. What, what are your thoughts about how he did sort of circumvent the grand jury and decided to take it upon himself? Well, yes. I mean, obviously, yeah, to your point, right? I mean, you know, how many times have we have we witnessed crimes on the subways? You know, women getting accosted or assaulted. Uh, we spoke about it on your show several months ago. The one woman who uh, I believe she was a TSA employee and she was almost beaten to death. Uh, there was another woman who had feces smashed in her face by someone who was making sexual advances towards her. And, you know, oftentimes we see people standing around and taking videos with their cell phones. And we always say, hey, you know, why isn't this person doing anything? Why aren't they acting? And, and you know, Penny did something. He acted. Um, you know, and of course, brag, you know, because listen, I mean, he, he has the reputation of not following the rule of law. He's he, he's he's more concerned about being a criminal defender than a criminal prosecutor. So, um, you know, it's unfortunate that he chose this. But now, I mean, you know, if, if this goes to trial, there's no way that Penny.
going to get a fair trial in New York. He's going to have to, or in, in New York County anyway, he's going to have to ask for a change of venue because uh, there's no way that he's going to get a fair trial at this point. What do you say to some people who said race had something to do with it? Um, of course, Daniel Penny's attorney said, no, it, it had nothing to do with it. Um, but what is your thought? Is that why you believe um, that it could rule against him, if you will, in a New York jury? Well, yeah, I mean, listen, again, with the George Floyd incident, right, we can go back to that one. And I'm certainly not going to advocate for Derek Chauvin, but, you know. Which, by the uh, way, was horrible. I mean, what he did was horrible. You could see it on the right, video. The absolutely. Derek Chauvin was horrible. Right, right. But the thing is, right, it was it was right away it was deemed racist. And there was nothing to indicate it was racism other than George Floyd was black and Chauvin was white. As in this case, nearly black and Penny is white. There's no indication that it was driven by racism. I, I never heard any anyone allege that he called him any, you know, racial slur or any derogatory term associated with racism. So, um, you know, but unfortunately, because, you know, the, 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 the people, the, the, the mob, so to speak, is calling it a public lynching and, you know, being black in America and police choke us out. And now, you know, white people choke us out. There's no way that a, that a, that a grand jury or a jury of his peers, especially in New York at this point, um, are going to give him a fair trial, in my opinion. Do you think this will make it to trial or do you think when it gets to the grand jury that maybe some of those jurors, uh, as I mentioned, may have been on a subway or know what it's like to be on the New York City subway, which is very scary, and uh, that it will get just get thrown out? And then Alvin Bragg can say, hey, well, I did my job. I charged him and the grand jury threw it out. Or, or maybe then he sends it to another grand jury in the future and tries again. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, anything's possible, right? Uh, you know, it could be to your point that these people have ridden the subways and, and they're, they're, they've been a victim of, you know, being accosted by someone like this themselves. And they could certainly say, hey, you know what, we understand why he took action. But then on the other hand, you know, because it's after the fact, you know, so much after the fact and so much has been this has been played out in the media. Um, you know, and, you know, again, the race card has been thrown around. I just don't think that, um, you know, he's going to get a fair shake. I mean, we remember the uh, homeless man who was executed in St. Louis, right? And, and it was caught on video. You know, he was a Hispanic, young Hispanic man, or, uh, you know, he was in his 40s, rather. And he was executed by a young black man who walked up behind him and shot him in the back of the head. Uh, there was no cries of racism in that case. There was no outrage about how, you know, this Hispanic man was killed by this, you know, uh, um, violent young black man, you know, uh, because it didn't fit the narrative that's always being pushed in this country. And, and it's really, really sad that it always has to come back down to skin color and racism. You know, there's. It's just it's sickening, to be quite honest with you. Well, and also I think about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, she came out and said, in this case, in the subway case, you know, it's a it's an execution, it's murder. And I kept thinking, um, and obviously, listen, I think everybody's heart should break for Jordan Neely. It is. It's it's sad. The whole thing, the whole situation is sad. He's had a really, obviously, tough life. He His mother was killed. I mean, there's so many, you know, it's a, there's so many problems with the system, as you talked about, um, Angel. And yet, where was she during, you know, the 27 other, uh, you know, in the last few years killings on the subway? Where was she? Nowhere. Right, right. Well, 
you know, she, she made it quite apparent that, you know, she just grandstands and likes to go, you know, preach from her pulpit, so to speak. And, 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 you know, pretend that she cares when it behooves her. Right. But when it's, you know, when, when the other, the other cases, as you mentioned, happen, she's nowhere to be found because there's no opportunity for her to push this divisive narrative that she loves to push. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really sad, you know. They we keep electing these people keep electing these 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 officials into office. They keep voting for them, and you know I say it all the time. It's like you know, as a dog returns to their vomit, so a fool repeats their folly. They continue to see these people. They really don't have their best interests at heart, and yet they're bamboozled into believing they're going to help them somehow. And they continue to vote for these people who do not care, and they make it apparent that they do not care. How do we clean up the New York City subways so people can feel safe? Because they clearly do not, and they clearly are dangerous. I mean, transit crimes are up big time. Well, um, the police abolitionist New York City Council, um, the vast majority of them, you know, do not like the police. They want to defund the police. They want to abolish the police. They want to get rid of subway fares. They want people to ride for free. Um, you know, and nothing in this life is free, right? Somebody has to pay for it, whether it be the taxpayers, the rich, whatever it is, right? Um, we need more police on the subway. Uh, and these these council, the New York City Council complains about overtime, complains about the PD overtime, complains about, you know, um, uh, how the police uh, are, were given a raise, the PBA just, you know, ratified a contract with the city. They complain, 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 but the only way to stop violence right, is by putting police officers and having that feel of omnipresence where you have these people, these men and women who are willing to put their lives on the line in spite of all the hatred and vitriol, you know, uh, targeted against them throughout this country for the since 2014, to be honest with you. And it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. The only way to stop crime and the only way to protect the public is to have more police. One thousand percent and appreciate them. And I'm sure everybody in hindsight obviously wish there had been a police officer on that subway train. Think about how different, Angel, it might have been had there been an officer on that train that day. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Listen, again, you know, the the cops are are the thin blue line between chaos, anarchy and order. Right. And if there was an officer on that train, rest assured, he or she would have taken action and um, it it likely would have been a completely different story. And unfortunately, Mr. Neely, you know, had to die. And now everybody wants the Monday morning quarterback, every aspect of this. Well, we will be watching this case closely. You're right. It is. It's just a sad situation all the way around. Everybody needs to feel safe. And those with mental illness, uh, the city um, and the state and the country need to do more. There's so many layers to this. And we also absolutely need to support our police officers and those who are protecting us every single day. Angel, you do so much to support our great men and women in blue. Um, everybody, be sure to subscribe and share to this podcast. And Angel, Masonette, thank you for everything you have done, your great service in protecting New York City when you were there at the NYPD and all that you do to to continue to support our great heroes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much as well. It's my honor. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. 
This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.